Hello and welcome back to another episode of Second Player Press Start. My name is James and as always I'm joined by my friend and guy on the couch. Darren, welcome, welcome to our podcast, to our video slash audio podcast yes. about video games. Video games. Um, so Darren, do you like jazz music? I do actually. You did mention that when we first started playing this game and I answered the same and uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the way they used it in this particular game. The game we're talking about of course is... Uh, the game we're talking about is called Ape Out. Um, it's a small little indie game um, published by Devolver Digital um, who seem to do a lot of or they seem to publish a lot of great little indie games. Uh, one of my favorites, which this game is kind of similar to, is uh, Hotline Miami. Mm. Um, and you you referenced that when we started talking about this game, though I hadn't. I knew the game you were talking about, but I hadn't played it myself. Yeah, um, yeah, I loved Hotline Miami. I I finished that game, even though it was like hard as nails, but. Um, when I saw footage of this, I think it was at E3, um, it kind of uh, it sparked that same kind of vibe, mm. um, or kind of had a lot of similar gameplay elements. But uh, the premise of this game is you're basically an ape who um, has to escape. Who wants to get out. Who wants to get a out, um, hence the name Ape Out. So... Um, you play as this ape in this um, very heavily stylized kind of top-down view. Yeah. Um, I would say if you're not watching the YouTube version of this podcast, um, at least go seek out some footage of this game because it's... Uh, for sure, for sure. It's something to, to really see. Um, yeah, it's hard to do justice by explaining it. It's... Um... It's very few colors. It's got a very small color palette, and um, it's uh, what's the thing? I'm thinking of old Hitchcock movies in terms of some of the style of it. Yeah, in terms of some um, of the, the uh, text and uh, typography and things like that. Yeah, there was um, a designer <clears throat> named Saul Bass. Yeah, um, yeah. Who? Yeah, I think he did a lot of Hitchcock's. Um, movies like as far as like the typographic design and poster mm -hmm. design mm -hmm. um so the art style is very reminiscent of that you could even compare it to like frank miller's like yeah yeah sin stuff, city and um, sure who's uh, a famous comic book artist uh it's got a lot of angular aspects to it and a lot of strong contrast in terms of the color scheme and color palette and things like that yeah i mean that was the thing that initially drew me to this game um being a graphic designer hmm. um even just the use of like type and um like it really kind of uh got me excited as a designer kind of seeing like these bold colors and this art style and sure typography it, it, yeah it was just a, a beautiful game um even though you're playing this ape that's like just slaughtering yeah these I mean, people the uh, the 
basic premise from the very beginning is you're in a cage and uh, finally you break out and you're trying to get out and there's tons of people with heavy artillery <laughs> trying to kill you and you can't take much damage before you get murdered so it's either you or them and in I mean the majority of the game I we didn't play through the whole game of course but um, the only thing that really changed was that some people had stronger guns or, or uh, even explosive weapons and, and grenades and that kind of thing in later stages so it's very much a you versus them because you don't have a choice yeah and you can kind of choose to engage with enemies or kind of sneak around and uh, sometimes it kind of pays to not always kind of go head first into encounter like sure kind of pick your battles and uh, pick who you want to fight with because if you just walk into a group of, of guys you're gonna die very quickly and um, if you don't like dying in video games I wouldn't recommend this game because you'll be dying a lot yeah actually part of it reminded me of super meat boy in that there's not the same platforming skill required you're still paying very much attention your your field of view in this game is pretty limited and because of the top-down view as you shift in this 3d space you find that you have very limited view around corners and things like that so you end up in this position where you could be getting shot from a certain angle and you can't even see where it's coming from or you round a corner and there's a person waiting there for you but because of the angle you couldn't tell until you got there and what that leads to other than super meat boy when in super meat boy you can see pretty much the whole level on one screen and in a lot of ways um, and there's still that skill involved in understanding your surroundings and how you can move around those surroundings similar to a platform though it's top down right the other thing though is that when you get to the end of a level or when you die you get to see how far you got in the level now in super meat boy you'd see every single run through to get you to the end to to, to where you finally made it through that level uh, in this one you get to see how far you got in the level which is kind of an inspiration to take the next step right like i'm going to try it again i got so close i almost did it this time so i just let's try this again and I think there's a lot of interest just in the way that that end screen, that dead screen is presented to you that gives, puts you in the mindset that I can do this, right? Yeah. That if I just got around that last corner that maybe I can make it. But the thing is like, okay, so you die and then you think, okay, well, there's going to be a guy in the top right corner, so I just won't do that next time. Hmm. Um, but every time you die, the levels are procedurally generated. Right, they are different, yeah. So um, it's completely different every time. Um, like, there's sometimes similar objectives. Like, right. at the end of this section, there'll be a switch that you need to turn on, or for instance. Sure. Um, but the layout of the level or the maze um, completely switches every time you die. So um, it's a lot of very quick thinking on your feet. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes those levels play to your advantage. Sometimes the levels are a little easier because of the way they've been generated. Um, kind right, of works out right. to your favor. Other times it's not. Um, and I really like that kind of random aspect to this game because it does then re require you to think on your feet 
and you can turn into rooms that are just dead ends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it kind of adds to this, um, this feeling of wanting to escape. Um, right. And even, even more thematically on the side of that, you know, we're, we're a big gorilla and we're trying to find our way out of a location and it's just it's we're constantly moving we're always running we're always looking for the next exit and sometimes we run into a dead end and sometimes we're trying to round a corner and it loops us back to where we just were and it's it's frustrating and the the tension is high and you're you know you're being as aggressive as you have to be to get from one stage to the other and you know you're not letting anybody stand in your way and i think that all builds into that theme for sure um so yeah playing as this ape um, you don't have a ton of like abilities or things you can do. Um, the main thing that you'll probably be doing a lot is grabbing guys and kind of throwing them or pushing them. Mm. Um, if you push them into a wall, it kind of creates this pretty gruesome like splatter of red blood. Um, not always red because depending on the sure. level, uh, the color scheme kind of changes. Um, so you can either grab guys and throw them, which may mean throw them into the wall, throw them into other enemies, um, or you can grab them and use them as shields. Hmm. Um, right, like a body shield when other enemies are shooting at you. Yeah, and depending on the enemy type you grab, um, their weapons can then be used against um, other enemies. Um, in one of the, I think it was the second level, where you're making your way down this um, skyscraper. Hmm. There's these guys with um, like... Uh, like automatic weapons? Yeah. Machine guns kind of thing? Like machine guns. And you can grab them and then they start just firing shots off and then you can kind of aim that towards other enemies. Um, but that doesn't last for a terribly long time, which then forces you to kind of keep moving on your feet because this game is really about just keep keep going right right um yeah. yeah speaking speaking of that pacing and um that's where the the music filters a lot into it as well as does these small iterations of challenge right so in the early game we have average average joes with their rifles right and then maybe we'll find a guy that also has some sort of a grenade or like a some sort of um, explosives on his belt or something like that. And depending on where you are and how long you stay, they can throw them at you. Or if you grab the person with the explosives, if you throw them against a wall, they'll explode. And that can be a challenge if you're too close to that explosion, then you'll, right. you'll die as well. And so so we've upped, upped the challenge a bit in the fact that now we're experiencing new enemies. And then you get further on in the level and you're finding out larger enemies that have these machine guns or, or bigger shotguns or whatever. And if you use them as a body shield there, they can take more hits and things like that. And then there was even in some of the skyscraper levels, we have these uh, sniper characters where you're just seeing their, their laser sights from across the, uh, across the street. And you're seeing even small characters, smaller characters that move faster and actually run away from you. Yeah. Which there was never a character up to that point that ran away from you. They always came at you with their guns. But there's smaller characters in later levels that will run away from you and they have small handguns. So they don't do as much damage. But again, you don't want to be shot by them. And when you try to chase them to grab them, they're running away from you, which is, again, unusual. And it puts you in this 
this place of unknowns again. For sure. Um, so yeah, I, I think um, we should probably just chat about the music in this game, hmm. um, which really adds to mm -hmm. kind of the frantic kind of uh, feeling you get playing this game because the, the music is dynamic in that it has this kind of offbeat jazz like drumming and yeah, uh, yeah. it'll ramp up in intensity and tempo as more action happens and it'll kind of die down and slow down when things get quiet. Yeah, and, and part of that is um, in some ways it seems random, but then there's the... Uh... The other aspect of it is that a lot of the drums and the cymbals, the sound of them are based solely on when you smash characters. So in parts of the game where you're running into a lot of guys and you're throwing them around the place and whatnot, the drumming is going to be more frantic because every time you hit somebody, it you hear a cymbal or a snare drum or things like that. Yeah. And at other times, the drumming slows down a little bit because you're running through a sequence where there's not as many enemies. So I think that's a really interesting way to look at it where the music is very dynamic with what you're doing. It also, because of the, the art style, the Saul Bass, the old school look to it, the, the high contrast in the visuals and the, and the text and things like that, along with really like frantic jazz drums, it, it gives a very interesting kind of old school feel to it that I haven't seen in a lot of other games. Yeah. Um, I've, I've maybe heard some of that musical styling and things like that in games that are trying to emulate a certain time period. And I wouldn't necessarily say that this is emulating a time period in the gameplay, but definitely in the, in the theme and the presentation for it's sure. emulating that. Even so far that each, each level, so you run from level to level to level, from you go from one side to the other, and it's usually a left to right thing. Yeah. Now, as we find in later levels, we're, we're moving back and forth from left to right as we go further and further down like a, a skyscraper but um each one of those is a complete i guess level of of the overall uh round or whatever however you want to discreetly separate those out right yeah so maybe there was i don't know half a dozen or more of those levels in the first sequence and then we find out at the end that it's actually it's an album so it's side a of yeah. this of this musical jazz album yeah. right? and then it's got a name to it and everything and now we start on album number two on side B and we flip over the disc and we start playing the music again and we get into the second part. And I just thought that was a really interesting way of presenting that. Again, fitting very much thematically with the style of the music and the, the visual style that they're trying to present. And yeah, that was really appealing to me. It was something I hadn't seen before and the idea of playing through games as sides of an old record is really neat. Yeah, like, yeah, it presents every level as, like, this jazz album that you're sitting down and listening to, but in this case, you're you're playing through. Right, um, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it gets a, a 10 in, like, presentation and style, and, hmm. um, yeah, I, I just adore the way it handles visually presenting everything. Hmm. Um, I think they really knocked it out apart with that um i've gone back to this game like it's kind of been i'll play for like half an hour and put it down come back to it in a few days pick it up 
play it for half an hour and put it down. Hmm. Um, I couldn't really see myself playing this for really long stretches of time. Yeah, I felt the same way. Um, so it's kind of one of those games which, um, again, kind of like Tetris, it's kind of a, a quick pick up and play for, you know, some spare time and then put it down. I'm not, I'm not sure how you felt about this, but the reason that, because I had that same feeling, and I haven't, obviously, you own the game, I haven't gone back to it at all, but I felt like because of its pacing, because of its its franticness, and because of your, your constantly moving, there's not a lot of downtime in the game. No, not at all. Which means that you have to be ready for the experience, and the experience can be draining. Yeah. Um, once you've played it enough, like, there's the emotional aspect of... Um, just the sheer amount of violence and you're an animal too like you're you're not a helpless animal right but you're an animal that's like essentially being hunted with with like some pretty heavy weapons while you're murdering people to get out of this out of captivity right yeah so thematically and and the violence and just the level of uh, violence and the music and all those things together make the experience very visceral and very um action focused very aggressive yeah it's pretty intense yeah yeah and i think that's a big reason why for me i don't think that i could play this over and over and over again um from from the design aspect i feel like um if it was presented differently i don't know if it would be as good um if you take this concept and you take away some of the high contrast color and the music and stuff i think that adds so much to it um still it is it is a very intense game and playing over and over and over again i don't think there's enough on the the mechanism side of it or the the skill side of it to make me feel like i, I need to accomplish something right makes sense um <clears throat> yeah it it definitely is kind of exhausting um even just watching some of the gameplay footage now like even the way the the screen shakes on like every enemy mm -hmm. um, impacts like it's an intense game, um, so yeah I I would go in expecting you know you'll play this game for half an hour and then by the end of it feel kind of exhausted, mm. but um, I think it's it's a good time and I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure what else to really say about this game. Yeah, I think I think this game sits in that in that indie category that you you would never see a game like this from from a larger studio. Um, and there's things that this game does in terms of the music and the style that really put this game in the games as art category. Right. And it's it's presenting a theme, it's presenting a visual, it's presenting a, an audio experience that is all packaged together for, for this one purpose. And, and I think it serves that purpose really well. And that, and that doesn't mean that um, it's the best game I've ever played. It doesn't mean it's the worst game I've ever played. But I think if you're interested in games as art or in games as a medium of, of conveyance, Right, that you should definitely check this game out. There's a lot of things that it does that um, speak to it in terms of the, like emotional resonance and um, and the violence and and all these kinds of things. And 
that I think you owe it to yourself to, to give it a try, check it out, see what it's doing, see how it makes you feel. I think yeah. that's an interesting aspect of it. Although I will say, um, if I do compare this to Hotline Miami, mm -hmm. um, I found that game more enjoyable. Hmm. Um, but that game, for me, sets a pretty high bar. Okay. Um, I mean, that game is more like 80s, um, like synth pop compared right, to right. 50s uh, beatnik jazz, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, so depending on like what your bag is, um, I'm guessing that this game may appeal to you more than Hotline Miami. But right, um, yeah, we should maybe get you to play that game because uh, it's uh, it's a really good one and it's kind of in a similar vein. Hmm. And I'd be interested to see if uh, you would prefer that game over this. Right, right. Um, Interesting. So maybe that will be a future episode of Second Player Press Start. Always a possibility. Always a possibility. I mean, that said, we are running out of games to play now. There's not very many games left for us to play. No, so. I think we've played every single game that's been made. <laughs> <laughs> yes, always, always a possibility. There's, yeah. There's, we're never going to get through every game. It's just we don't have the time in our lifetime anymore to no. do that. Even games that we've played on this podcast that we've said that we would go back to and visit, like... I think a way out was our first yeah, yeah. episode that we said we would go back to. And that was what, like a year ago, I think it could be, it yeah. could very well be. I mean, that said, if anybody in the audience is interested in having kind of a retake, then let us know in, you know, in the comments or, uh, share, share with us on social media, whatever, and maybe we'll go back and kind of give another pass over yeah. to some of the stuff we've tried see if it's how it's aged over the year, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, the, the theme of this podcast seems to be that we kind of play the first few hours of a game and talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, so it might be interesting to revisit a game that we haven't played and kind of see the later um, section of that game. But Sure. Um, yeah, for now, I think that kind of wraps it up for Ape Out. It does. It does indeed, yeah. Um, so as always, thanks for listening and watching. Um, for information about our podcasts, please visit our website at secondplayerpressstart.com. And that is second with the number two, number two ND, secondplayerpressstart.com. And uh, as always, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and say goodnight, Aaron. Good night, James. <laughs>